This is exactly right. On the 12th season of Tenfold More Wicked, we investigate a series of compelling mysteries from the city of Fall River, Massachusetts, where problems started generations before Lizzie Borden's murders made her a household name. Join me as we cover the misfortunes that have befallen this infamous town for more than 150 years, including the Great Fire of 1843. Season 12 premieres Monday, May 13th on Exactly Right. Follow Tenfold More Wicked on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Of the Law & Order franchises, SVU is considered especially watchable. We are the amateur detectives who kind of investigate the vicious felonies these episodes are based on. These are our stories. Dun-dun! Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast. I'm Kara Clank. And I'm Lisa Traeger. And every week we talk about an episode of SVU, the crime it's based on. And we have a guest from the episode. But now we banter. That's what yes. we do. Did you watch Love Island? Love Island? You never watched it? That no. was one of their big words. Banter. <laughs> oh, I watched the first episode of the first season when I was at a job where I didn't have to do a lot of work. <laughs> and I was like, I get why people like this, but I'm not going to keep going. But my brother is like obsessed with it. Him and his uh, fiance are like obsessed. They like constantly are like, they just like the British people. They like the like babes, like they like all the way they talk and everything. Well, and especially the first season, uh, people are smoking cigarettes, which you never see. There's also, you hear people fucking, they're all <laughs> sleeping in one bed in twin beds. And like people are fucking in front of each other. You see butts. It's like, it's just very, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was very thrilling to me. It was the sheer volume was daunting. They were like, okay, so you got to watch. There's 85 episodes in the first season. I'm like, I don't think I can sign on, like, but there's a trick was- because every five, six episodes, they have a recap episode and you have to make sure to fast forward. Don't get stuck watching the recaps. Cause you're already watching all of it at once. Got so. it. Got it. Okay. So I could cut down by 10% or something. <laughs> this was also a weird time in my life where me and my roommates would, um, Wake up around 1, 2, 3 p.m. We would watch television and get high. I would go do spots at night, come back. We would stay up till 6 a.m. getting high watching TV. And then 6 a.m. the diner would open. We would order food and then go to bed. So it was a weird time in my life. And Love Island fit right in. (laughs) Well, today is the 26th of January. Yes. Yes. And we were just discussing what we were doing a year ago because life was so different. And... We both attended a two-year-old birthday party at a bar that is a speakeasy behind a barber shop. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and there was a drag queen Moana, which was incredible. And then I went at three o'clock to put my child down for a nap and you went and did something completely crazy. I had one of the best days of my life and it's so weird to think about. Uh, like how, like you said, how different everything is. But my friend at the kid's birthday party was like, Hey, I'm going to Sam Smith's house to watch the Grammys. Do you want to come? I mean, I don't think I've ever answered a question faster in my life. Of course (laughs) I'm going to go. And me, my friend Jake and like, Eight people were at that. It was like a tiny gathering. We're at Sam Smith's house. We had dinner. I watched the Grammys with music professionals like they knew everything. And I kept trying to gossip and be like, oh, did you watch that thing? And they all looked at me like, yeah, no, we know Um, we're we're managers. And like and then one guy was nominated for a Grammy. And in the middle, he put on a suit and had his ticket. He's like, I got to go. And and wait, didn't Sam Smith play you like a song that hadn't come out yet? Yes, uh, they in their backyard just played a song on their phone and it was the duet with Demi Lovato that came out. I'm ready. And obviously I felt like a superstar and it is a very, very good song. And they were telling me what the music video is going to be like. I mean, I felt like because I had just moved to L.A. Um, maybe a month and a half. Yeah, prior, that was, I was like, that was I remember being like, <laughs> I remember being like, Lisa, just this is very cool, but I don't think this is going to be every weekend in L.A. I need you to just tamper your expectations yeah but Kara the first week I moved to LA you took me to a premiere oh yeah that's true (laughs) 
I went to a full-blown Netflix show with our friend Ashling B. Paul Rudd's in it too. I don't know if you've heard of him. And he was standing right next to us. I mean, when I and then I had I I took a, an Uber to go do my spot at the comedy store and came back to a premiere after party. I was like, <laughs> LA is going to be the best. I just yeah, I love celebrities so much. It was perfect. It really was an action-packed few months of before COVID hit for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, I love celebs. I mean, you're going to have that back. You're going to have it back where it's the world will restore itself. My friend has a new podcast coming out where she talks to people about their hobbies and she's like, what hobby do you have? And I'm like, television. I'd only watch TV. And she goes, that's a hobby. So that's very generous. <laughs> that's what you're going to talk about. I love it. Well, because this week alone, I finished the Franley Bowitz documentary. I finished Night Stalker and I'm already halfway through Bling, Bling Dynasty or the Rich Asians but, yeah. documentary. Yeah. Not documentary, a reality show. My bad. <laughs> Not a documentary. <laughs> but Night Stalker is a documentary that I also finished and it's relevant to our interests and our listeners' interests. I mean, I guess... It's like you don't want to give anything away, quote unquote, but it's a very famous case from 40 years ago or 35 years ago. So I would yeah. hope people kind of know what the Night Stalker is about. But it's really it's a really well done doc because it's only four parts, which is nice. I started into the Ripper, the Yorkshire one about the Yorkshire Ripper that's on, on Netflix. And it was sort of just like it wasn't grabbing me the way the Night Stalker one did. Also, because it's a little bit more recent Night Stalker. It's like the 80s. It's L.A. It's literally all neighborhoods around my neighborhood, but not my specific neighborhood. So that was freaky watching it. Um, like there was a point where I saw cop cars like on the 110, like the road I take every day and was like, oh, my gosh, this is so crazy. No, the four part thing is very important to me. I hate when people stretch stuff out just to get more episodes out. And it was so well done. Yeah, it was really, really good. And I love Gil. I mean, the detective tears in my eyes. Yeah, I loved him. I thought he was really great. And yeah, for people that tell us we're too hard on cops, we love these cops. They were we good. love the detectives. The cops did fuck up a bunch. The, well, the de these detectives. Yeah. Wait, the cops did? Well, the one cop that had him and then went to his car to go get a fucking like ticket receipt and he ran away. Like, are you an idiot? Like what? Well, and like um, when they wouldn't give them the funds to stake out the dentist's office, mm. when they didn't print the car, it's like print the fucking car. Oh, yeah. They left the car sitting in the sun so that the evidence like baked off of it, basically. Also, and I'm glad this other detective did punch the man to get the Night Stalker's name. But I was like, you can't just punch. <laughs> oh yeah that one guy, guy was really <laughs> aggressive <laughs> and then i also it's just wild how far we've come with crimes because he did like jerk off everywhere and it's like if he was doing that now he would be caught immediately oh he was eating he was leaving fingerprints he was leaving shoe prints. i mean he was leaving literally a cornucopia of evidence behind him at every scene like it's really wild that it took as long as it did to find him and then i do have something shameful to say what he's fucking hot yeah okay. no I, I, look when he problem. came out at the end i go it's a shame that his teeth were rotted out because he literally could have been a model like he has very very just sort of um angular features and like but i mean the hotness fades away when you know hear about his crimes of course no and then there's like a woman with heart-shaped glasses and my friend made a great love point her. i love her but <laughs> You're in a Night Stalker doc. You'd think you'd pick another different frame. Yeah, but Esther doesn't give a fuck. That's the thing. Esther doesn't but care. <laughs> you know, and I was reading more about it today because like today I obviously like looked it up again. And Esther had three run-ins with the Night Stalker. Not only the thrift store with the ACDC hat and the, the highway. She was in a store he robbed one time and she got down and hid, but she saw his face. That is insane. But when she called the women that love the Night Stalker, she's like, these dumb bitches. I'm like, I guess I'm a dumb bitch, Esther, because I, <laughs> okay, I would Lisa, send him a nude. It's one, thing, it's one thing for you to say he has a physically attractive face, like he is hot. He had all these groupies that would come to court. And then he had one woman who married him while he was in jail and said she was going to wait for him to get out. Or no, she said she was going to kill herself when he got executed. But then she divorced him when it turned out that he was guilty of killing a nine-year-old. So that's what it took for her to be like, you know what? This isn't really going to work out. It was okay when you killed 
a dozen people, but a nine-year-old, it's insane. The other thing is like, it's always like, what happened to these people? And then you find out the dad would just like tie him to a cross and leave him at a cemetery overnight. And it's like, okay, well that would do it. I think that would do it. Oh, and I was reading today something that they didn't really put in the doc. I was reading that he had this cousin who was a full, full blown psycho who came home from Vietnam and would show him photos of women he raped and like a woman's decapitated head and all. And that's like, he bonded with this cousin, I think because he had such a horrible father figure, this cousin murdered his wife in front of Richard Ramirez's face and literally went to jail for four years because of insanity and got back out and continued to influence Richard. So it's like, he just had all the worst people around him possibly not to excuse his behavior but you know i do think that these people can be created and then um the other things i want to touch on he's so scary and they mention this all the time it's because he didn't really have an mo anyone and everyone was a target like he really broke all the rules that we know yeah. of, of serial killers and also i loved that the community fucking took him down yeah that was I started crying when like the whole town and they were came like out. I guess he came into the wrong neighborhood huh I was like <laughs> yeah, yeah I guess he fucking did no it's very worth watching and it did remind me of your neighborhood like those are your neighbors and I felt really happy yeah I, I was yeah I was shocked that there weren't more fireworks I'll be honest. Uh, <laughs> In the dock. I was shocked there weren't more fireworks for the inauguration, but there were when um, he officially won. And Katy Perry uh, performed. What? There were fireworks when Katy Perry performed last night. No, I just mean in my neighborhood. Oh, got it. it, it. (laughs) Sorry. I was like, it seemed like a lot. And she's saying about them. No. Um, Also, Orlando Bloom posted a video of him like going up to Katy after she sang and was like, I love you. I love you. And then they were kissing. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've never felt more lonely in my life. Like, (laughs) I want Orlando Bloom to tell me he loves me so bad. Um, And we do have to go and start the episode because it is very good and pretty in depth. And we can't stop talking. We are Virgos. But this is about the newest season of SVU. So if you don't want this tidbit, fast forward 30 seconds. But I'm so happy Finn is engaged. I am really, really happy. Yeah. And I like that character. And I like that actress. She was in the movie about Son Son of Sam. And I really like her. And um, yeah, Finn, I hope they do a wedding. I hope there's an SVU wedding. I want it. Okay. There's like an SVU wedding and their beepers go off like right before they say I do. And they're like, we got to go. We're married to the job. And they have to go like find a murderer. Yeah, because I was texting you being like, what the fuck? Why can't they just let him have love? And you're like, finish the episode. Finish the episode. Um, but yeah, so that's our rec for today. Uh, go watch Night Stalker and catch up on the current episodes of SVU so you can watch uh, Finn Fine Love. And now let's get into our episode, which involves 100% less bloody murder than... The Night Stalker documentary. Yeah, no one is eating cantaloupes and then puking it out on the kitchen floor. Oh, my God. <laughs> Lisa, you always know what details to include. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Porn Stars Requiem, one of the most dramatic titles. Usually the titles of SVU episodes are one word, and this yeah, one's scar. like... Yeah. Burned. Burned. Yeah. I don't even know what Requiem means. But it seems like bad news because it's this. Yeah, and I bl- just think of Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. It might I don't just actually know what it means <laughs> that well. Starting off with a super educated bang. Um, speaking of banging. And what episode, season is this? This is a later this one. This is a later thought, one. Yeah. yeah, this is season 16. So, you know, they've been at it for a while. And they start, they tackle, this is like a very timely issue i feel like then and also now honestly you can do um sex workers being disrespected in any century and it would be right on top yeah 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 <laughs> exactly so this episode opens up with evie barnes our main character uh on a couch being interviewed by just a super creepy voice i can imagine how the audition process went for that this start made me really uncomfortable yeah i was like i felt ba- i yeah. felt icky because she looks really young she looks really uncomfortable and she's just on this like black leather couch and, and it was her 18th birthday yeah like, it was her shut. 18th birthday that day and she's talking about how she needs money for school so you you're watching this as like a casting uh tape and you know we're seeing that she's about to take like she takes off her shirt we see that she's about to either pose nude for money but the guy basically is like what if we upped the money and made it sex essentially so uh then we cut to a couple guys in college watching her videos on 18 with a bang.com and they just look bad yeah. these boys they immediately <laughs> look, look like douches like, yeah these boys are up to no yeah. good and they're like the they play girl cool. from econ it's like they look like lacrosse players, yeah. I would say. Yeah, that was definitely in the audition breakdown. It was like, we need lacrosse player, douchebag types, college 
frat bros. So they're like, call her and invite her to a party. They invite her to this party and then they trap her in a bathroom and they, you don't see what happens, but they clearly sexually assault her. So then at the top of act one, we're walking through the hallways with the RA who reported the crime. And of course they are at Hudson university. Why does anybody go to Hudson university in the SVU universe? It is literally riddled with rapes and murders it, because in real life or be, on SVU, there is always problems. Hudson university is not real. Oh, it's not. No. Wow. Learning something every episode. <laughs> I did not know that. No, Hudson, you know what I was about to say what? that I did something at Hudson. So I was about to fully lie and I wonder where I was because remember I, when you performed stand up at Hudson, I didn't perform stand up, <laughs> but for I was doing a show and me and my friend, we met a dancer teacher from this college and we met him in a studio at what I thought was Hudson University. And he taught us dance moves for a video. <laughs> this sounds literally like the opening of an SVU episode, <laughs> Lisa Wendell. But I guess it was a different college. Well, yeah, I think it's sort of based on NYU, just based on how oh. much money they have and how much power they have. Like, but they obviously. Obviously, I don't think can say NYU on the show. That's so funny. Um, this whole time I was like, oh, this little school. Why is all this happening? Yeah, no. I used to do a stand up joke about it that was like, why does anyone go there? Like, it's not really that great of a joke unless you watch the show. But anyway, this RA like knows these guys are douchebags, basically. I want to um, say in the RA, if those guys are douches, this audition said like, good guy yeah this is yeah. a good guy you should have curly hair and like you he, know. Had a, he grew up with a single mom yeah who really um instilled like, respect well, for women because what was interesting is that the guy the ra doesn't call campus safety he calls uh the cops because at a lot of schools you call campus safety and they try to get you to like recant or say that like it didn't like you're, you're just kind of regretting a bad sexual experience and stuff like that because they don't want the numbers to go up for the school yeah, but it's funny that they're trying to imply that cops don't do that Right. <laughs> exactly. Like, well, in, to call again, in the fantasy universe yes. of SVU, it's like, thank God you called us the people that always solve the crime oh, yeah. and always encourage the victims. So one of the guys is uh, one of the um, rapists is Daniel Pryor. He's the one that invited her to the party. And the yeah. other guy's name is Matt. I'm sorry. I might be. Well, it's fine. But it's so funny. She's like, yeah, he was this cool guy. Never paid attention. And then invited me to a party right after I suspiciously made this porn. It's like, girl, this guy, what are you doing? Well, because she thought that they were all behind a paywall. She didn't okay. think that anybody could see her um, porn. I just feel if someone's ignoring you forever and suddenly they invite you to a party, there's don't do it. <laughs> so that's a lesson we're learning. Yeah. Here. <laughs> so Evie admits to Rollins that she did this one porn. Uh, they, they talk about how she made this porn in New Hampshire, which is one of the only states where you can make porn without condoms, which I didn't know. And they make a little live free or die pun. But I, I didn't know that about New Hampshire. At least I don't know if you did. You are the bigger porn enthusiast of the two of us. Yes. I would even say verging on expert. You're very knowledgeable about the yes. porn industry. Yeah. So that's why I'm psyched we're doing this episode. Uh, a lot of porn stars follow me. It's nice. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, Kara, a funny story. We were, um, you know, masked up picking up food to go. And I recognized my favorite porn star as she was wearing a hat, sunglasses and a mask. It was wild. I was like, this is there's barely any skin on this woman's face showing. <laughs> and Lisa was like, that's my favorite porn star. <laughs> like, and then I was like, which one? And whipped my head in that direction. And she was like, don't do that. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm not good at that. Um, so anyway, the lawyer for these two college douchebags shows up and he's a guy, Buchanan. He, like he's sort of John Goodman looking dude that's like big and kind of. He reminds mean. me of Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah. Like, what are we doing here today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's always like really rude and condescending. Like she's a slut. What do you mean? Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> so yeah, Lisa is going to show you guys as the podcast goes on that she has a real way with accents. <laughs> um, so the lawyer shows up with these flash drives and is like, yeah, here's the video that the boys made. So they taped the whole thing, which we did not see earlier. But then also there's a flash drive of 12 or more porn videos that this girl has done. So now she clearly lied to Rollins. She said she'd only done one, but she'd actually done like a dozen, maybe a baker's dozen, um, a baker's dozen. It's always of pornos. such a not gut rich. Like it's such an upsetting moment when the victim does lie. Cause you know, it makes everything harder and the detectives yeah. are so mad and you understand why they're lying, but it's also like, 
you've made this harder yes yeah and she didn't think anyone was gonna see it like we said because she thought it was behind a paywall so um, it's like when that someone in a private facebook group you're in and quotes private with 500 people was like i thought this was supposed to stay secret it's like the internet exactly there's never a secret like you and i have been in comedy female comedy groups where they're like i can't believe somebody of these 600 strangers told the secret that i put here i told the secret i know i was kicked out of the group i know I got a message from a friend being like, did you do something today? Uh, Because there's a post and I think it's you. And I was like, this is me. (laughs) I I think that was maybe the first text message I ever sent you. And I go, I support you. I like that you did this. Um, Okay. But that's our silly private Facebook garbage. Um, So, uh, you know, obviously this is kind of causing a lot of talk in the squad room. They're kind of arguing because Evie lied and like, what else has she lied about? And um the video that the boys have, they're basically trying to say these boys that she wanted to make a porno with them. And they've seen her make these other kind of like rape porno videos. So why would that be any different than what happened in that bathroom? Which is And insane. you brought up an amazing point when we talked about this was if people, if Meryl Streep got stabbed and you're like, well, I saw her get stabbed in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I kidnapped Meryl Streep and took her down a rapid. Well, she did it in the River Wild. Why can't I do it to her in real life? It's like the logic is very crazy to me. But Um, yeah, the fact that the logic stands in this universe at all is so crazy. I can understand why you'd use it as a way to get out of a crime. Right. But to be like, well, she said no in the porn. So why can't I keep? It's insane. It is really crazy. So we meet Peter Gallagher, who is um, Dodds, who is... uh, believe uh what's his he's big eyebrows Dodds. he's like the he's like the head he's he's uh marishka hargate's boss he's benson's boss and he's the guy from the oc with the big eyebrows yes we all know him as big eyebrow guy right yeah that's like his main thing yeah just i mean i don't know maybe they know another big eyebrow guy hopefully i don't know peter gallagher seems like the guy with the eyebrows yeah you're right so he's got a copy of the new york ledger which is like so obviously the new york post it's like in the same font it's got the same sensational like headlines and stuff and it has a cover article about evie i find it kind of hard to believe that the new york post would cover front page well no i don't actually find it that hard to believe back then now i would find it hard to believe but then it gets into our real crime, which this is based on. Obviously, this was covered by big things. Yeah. But just like, oh, this college girl did a porno. It seems like a weird cover story for a, pa- a newspaper. But the New York Post is garbage. Um, anyway, Dodds is mad that they went around the school and like he everyone but like benson says you know what we were talking about earlier benson's like everyone knows that the school pressures girls to drop charges and like i just hate dodd so much like he he really sucks so hard at this point in the show you he grows on you later as you probably know well because his son dies yeah but like also he becomes like friends with benson and like they work together more but at the beginning he's like a real asshole yeah there's always a guy in any law enforcement movie or tv show or anything that's just like we gotta follow the but i always think of con air that like curly haired man that kept, that keeps making the wrong decisions, that keeps fighting for the wrong thing. And you just want to stab him in the eye. Yeah. And he also has like political connections. He's he's like, you know, got the mayor in his ear and all this other kind of stuff. So. Oh, and um, I just wanted to mention like when they're like, yeah, what's the difference between the video and the video that they made? Because they taped the rape. And she goes, well, I wasn't paid. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, can that I didn't be a consent. Difference? Yeah. I didn't like sign contracts. So they try to manipulate Matt, who is the less financially uh this was amazing blessed. detective work yeah they they manipulate matt and be like whoa it looks like your rich friend is gonna get a deal like he's in there talking to them before you even though they're sharing a lawyer they're sharing this high-powered lawyer that that um well that's the detective they're like daniel splitting the costs of this lawyer and they realize yeah. no right daniel is the rich one his parents are paying for the lawyer and then carisi's all like don't let his lawyer make you take the fall too. oh yeah Carisi is the rapist. No, the rapist, the little teen rapist. Oh, curly haired one. Or no, the, the other oh, one yeah. had strong eyebrows yeah. too. Could have been Dodds' son. So Matt basically thinking that he's about to get screwed over, like rushes to make a deal with them and tells them that the whole thing was Daniel's idea. He told him to lie. He said, um, I didn't even think you could rape a girl like that, which is truly insane. It's very, it's like just de- completely dehumanizing a sex worker. Like they can't be raped. They can't be murdered. Like they can't have feel pain. Like, I don't understand what you're even saying with that statement. Okay. So that's what happens. He fires his counsel and he, 
basically confesses that this whole thing was Daniel's idea and he didn't really realize that it was a rape. Uh, we now are meeting Evie's parents who don't want to go to the trial because they're ashamed of her, which is like sad. They're from like upstate. They're getting a lot of heat about this. The dad is ill. So it's like they're not going to come to the trial. The reason they wanted the parents at the trial, the detective said, was um, you become more sympathetic yes. if there's parents in the stands. Right. And it's like you can't even help your kid out. Yeah. You can't just like sit there. That was what was crazy. And then the trial is truly insane. Like the defense makes absolutely no sense. Just like we were talking about with this Meryl Streep example. Like they're just trying to say that because she's done porn and rape porn, like fan rape fantasy porn, that she's allowed to be treated however these guys these boys wanted they're sticking to their guns also that she suggested it as a yeah i'm at a party but i'd love to just work for free like that's insane to me like you being at a party and you're like yeah i just did stand up i grabbed I mean, my you know we could have that's <laughs> different <laughs> we've done a lot of comedy uh, for free no but randomly when you're in a social situation you just start doing like what you do for work for free like that doesn't really no you're right make sense and yeah buchanan is a piece of shit matt admits to the whole thing on the stand but then he did make a deal so he made a deal where he would only get like a year max of jail time and probably not even that um so then daniel who's like the real evil douchebag boy he gets up there and he's like i want to speak for all falsely accused men and it's like i just that is such a small population of the planet you don't they don't need a spokesperson so we get a guilty verdict for daniel Pryor. Okay, so he's found Wait, guilty. No, but can I just say, so during yeah. Barba, that's the DA right now, we get a man DA later on in the SVU world, but he says, you heard her say no and stop, right? Yeah. And he says, yeah, but in the movies too. And he goes, yeah, but that is the legal definition of rape. You understand that. Right. So this kid is on the stand being like, I heard her say no and I kept going, what? And so yeah. that's an amazing courtroom moment, I feel like. Like this kid, it's... um hoisted by your own petard type yes. of way. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> so there's a guilty verdict for Daniel Pryor. He's found guilty. You're so excited. And then right after that verdict is read, Evie gets served that she's being expelled for violating Hudson's code of conduct, which is like insane. Benson's pissed. Benson is pissed. She goes and meets with like this very tight skinned woman. Who very is Betsy the, DeVos vibes, I would yes. say. Also maybe even of a bunny a bunny McDougal vibe a little yeah. bit like just uh for the sex in the city heads out there like just very um you know Prim, proper, and she money. literally says the words there was bad judgment on both sides she says that line which is like straight out of like Donald Trump's mouth which is crazy because this was before he was elected so you're already like she's being persecuted by her school but at least we got this guilty verdict right no, I knew it wouldn't be our dream because they made mention of this weird thing. And it's like, why would they mention this weird thing? What do you The law about? about the like, they could overturn the verdict, but they would never do that, Evie. Don't worry. And it's like, well, they're clearly going to do that. Yeah. Now. Like you've never discussed this yeah. weird legal thing in 16 seasons. Right. So, yeah. So then we are in court. And by the way, it's this black judge who is like, looks very cool. Yes. Glasses. Looks like someone I would hang out yes. with. Cool, hot judge. And I was sitting there thrilled that it's this like you know who's this the yale swim guy that rapist oh stanford um stanford. brock turner like it's that kind of a vibe yeah. and so i was thinking like this black judge is gonna have the best time yeah. putting this white yale looking rape old money kid away yeah i was just like pumped and then he does something insane. Yes. That, uh, Daniel says he has remorse and he would never harm another woman in his life if he was forgiven. And the judge sets aside the verdict, which is really uh, crazy. It's called a judgment notwithstanding the verdict. It's also called judgment non obstante veredicto, which is J-N-O-V, J-N-O-V, I guess, is kind of the... Um, abbreviation for it it's very rarely used but it's like when a judge feels that the jury cannot make a like well-informed decision a lot of times it has to do with racism and sexism and stuff like that like i looked up one of the most famous cases of janov which is the scottsboro boys which is a really insane case from 1931 where nine black teenagers from ages 13 to 19 were accused in alabama of raping these two white women on a train like the women later came forward and said they were never raped like a 
helped a bunch of these boys serve time. Like one of them was killed, like trying to escape. Like it's insane. It's considered one of the biggest miscarriages of justice. And the, and judges in this case did set aside the verdict saying that there were no black people on the jury. This is impossible that this could be a, like an impartial verdict, but they still kept like appealing the trial and redoing it. So eventually a lot of these guys got jail time. But in this situation, we, we assume Barbara is going to appeal, but it's very shocking that this judge He's fully placing judgment on Evie. He essentially slut shames her when he gives his verdict. He said, given evidence, there's no way beyond reasonable doubt that no actually meant no. Yeah. And he that told these her, boys could have possibly understood the difference. Yeah. And um, he said, I hope you find a way to respect your body. Which is fucked. like, yeah, so fucked. it's like he's maybe a Christian or something like, I don't know. But I don't know why SVU would play with us this way. Yeah. I just so, so fucked up. And then my favorite cut, a cop eating Chinese food. I mean, I love when those little <laughs> white boxes are in the precinct. <laughs> um, okay. So then basically, yeah, the episode ends sadly with like Evie posting this video where it kind of seems like a suicide. Like, no, like she's saying, I can't stay here anymore. Goodbye. But really she's leaving Hudson. They find her back in New Hampshire at this porn set. And while she's uh, doing that video, she has black chipped nail polish and you know, there's trouble. Yeah. You know, there's a trouble when there's black chipped nail polish in a porno anywhere, <laughs> any runaway teen, a waitress, yeah. anyone you meet in a movie light anywhere. Th something happened right something happened something's <laughs> about to happen it's an interesting detail for hair and makeup like i've been on sets where they're like you got to paint your nails you got to take your nail polish off but like to put a black nail polish on and then chip it this episode also had amazing necklaces i don't know if you noticed <laughs> but like did benson and the girl everyone had gold really nice layered jewelry in this episode Ooh. so yeah the wardrobe is something to check out but i do want to say before the porn video our friend dobbs says something that i think it's just interesting with what's happening in the world, but he's talking to Benson who's pissed about it. And she, and he goes, you're good at your job. Stick to that. If you want to change policy, get into politics. But last time I checked, you're a cop. Mm -hmm. And, um, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I mean, Benson's always pushing the line and she's always like standing up against big institutions like Hudson that are yeah. like not that not that don't take victims seriously. Well, because sometimes when people um, like in the like now a days, <laughs> I don't know, whatever um, about police, a lot of the arguments are like, well, the cops can't actually change anything. It's bigger than that. It's like yeah. judges getting bribes and politics mm -hmm. and all of that. And how big the whole problem is, whatever. Yeah. I want to talk about it. Let's get back to nail polish. So the episode ends with Evie, like the cops, the, the, the squad goes to see her in New Hampshire and she's just like, I'm leaving college. Like, this is all I'm good at. This is all anyone thinks I'm good for. So I'm just going to do that. And then they kind of just like the last thing you see is her just like in her underwear headed towards like a mattress on the floor with like 10 guys around her like she's about to shoot a gangbang which yeah. I, I mean it's kind of a little bit judgy yes the, the ending of the episode is like because they're like can't you go to another school please yeah i think a lot of people's problem is they can't imagine how people enjoy sex work and i think some people do enjoy sex work maybe evie wasn't enjoying it but a lot of people enjoy sex work yeah there's a porn star riley reed who's super famous and she sometimes dabs on her instagram stories and talks and cleans and i watch it and she was saying she got she broke up with a boyfriend a few years ago but she was like you know i don't want to just date a guy who's okay with what i do i want him to know i love it like if i'm doing an like a giant 10 person gangbang i fucking love it and he needs to love that i love it i'm not wow. playing games here i'm not yeah. gonna date someone that's just okay with it like yeah. they need to respect that i Love it. Um, another thing about sex work that's often talked about and like with Evie is like, it's like any other job. It's labor. Right. And there's great days at work and there's not great days at work. And you're not always going to enjoy your day on set. And we just look at it different because it's sex and all like we harbor so many right. of our own emotions when it comes to sex. But yeah, sometimes you have a great day and you work with people you like. And some days you're like, God, I had to fuck for eight hours, a loser with a bad breath. You know, it's yeah. like any other job. There's bad customers, good customers, a bad boss, a bad director. Yeah, so, a bad dick, I'm sure. Yeah, so that's like their, you know, that's the thing where it's like, oh, poor Evie. And it's like, I don't know. And at least she's not being raped here. Here she's in control. That's the thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is this show in general, I think does a good job of trying to talk about how like your past has nothing to do with like what has happened to you. Like they've had like strippers or like super sexually active teenagers, like husbands raping their wives. Like it has nothing to do with like your history. And if in the moment you say no and you're not consenting to yeah and we were watching forensic files just for fun last night and <laughs> we were um and there was a stripper who got killed and one of the friends or sisters i don't remember who cousin. in the interviews cousin was like yeah they didn't say her name anywhere they, they just were- kept saying stripper killed instead of like she was like if you worked at an ice cream parlor and you got killed they wouldn't be like ice cream g- parlor girl murdered like they yeah. would just say your name or whatever and they don't use her and name and i find this episode a real big like when people people when there's I get into arguments about rape culture all the time um when you sit at comedy clubs that happens but this is like a testament to the guys that are always like just go to the cops why don't women just go to the cops go to the cops and it's like it doesn't work out always yeah a lot I would say it's a most majority it doesn't work out so like this show I feel is I don't think a lot of people that need to learn stuff actually watch it and learn stuff from it (laughs) but it is this idea of like stop saying just because you follow all the rules and go to the police. She didn't take a shower. They were able to get all the evidence. Yeah. You know, there was all of this. There was video evidence of the crime happening and still it did not work in her favor. And yet she had to go through so much trauma. Her parents were mad right. at her, like all of this stuff. Yeah. And so to ask victims to go through all of that and still not get through, it's just so dismissive and, I just hate when people say like, just go to the cops and make it seem so simple when yeah, it's not, it's far from simple. All right. But we're going to get into the actual story that this is based on when yeah. we return. All right. Hello. Uh, we're back. <laughs> so this is based on a case of Bell Knox, not a case, not an actual crime. So Bell Knox is her porn name. Her real name is Miriam Weeks. And I looked her up on Pornhub right now and she's number 619, which isn't great, but it's pretty good for someone who's not that famous. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm, I was surprised to see that. And what's interesting is when you scroll to the bottom of Pornhub, it gives you suggestions of like who's like her. And it's Mia Khalifa and Farah Abraham. Oh, interesting. It's not like, I don't know, not the fringe porn stars, but the ones that are like famous, you know, famous from other things and then become. Yeah, this was in 2013 that her case kind of blew up. Yes. Case, but like this like situation blew up. Yeah. So basically she she got into Duke. Mm-hmm. Um, and great school. She wanted to go there for pre-law. She was very excited. But when she got there, what happened was her father was a high paying attorney, but he was in the military and he was called to the military. Uh-huh. And so his um, money went down. What's called, his salary oh. decreased because okay. he had to go serve. And so because of that, she asked Duke to look at her financial records and like reconsider her financial aid and they wouldn't. Ugh. So all of a sudden she has a $4,300 bill every single month that she can't afford and she wants to stay in college. And so she decides to shoot a scene and do some porn. Like she put her stuff on um, like a monster.com of porn, she said. Okay. And then this place messaged her saying, we'll fly you out. Come fuck. Now, what sucks about this is it's for a website called facialabuse.com, which is not really it's not respected uh quote unquote real porn stars do not do it It is not something that is celebrated their videos do not get nominated for avns like this is not a good place and i think um it's a company that preys on girls like bell knocks yeah i mean the the word abuse is in the title i don't love that (laughs) yeah and by the way she came up with that name because she loves beauty and the beast and she loves amanda knox okay so that's how we came up with bell knocks (laughs) she wanted to be unassuming yeah so that's how she picked it and this so this company is awful um and one of my favorite porn stars was assaulted on a facial abuse set came forward made a video and there's so much shade in the porn industry and everything that she and her wife actually got like blacklisted and fired from a lot of stuff and people don't work with them anymore and it became this big issue for them to come forward with what happened to her but she was 
yeah, this happened like um, a year or two ago and it was a big deal. And so that's how I learned about facial abuse mm-hmm. and how it's like really disgusting and porn stars are like, do not work for them. Okay. So but this is how Bell Knox got her start. That's how she got her start. And I'm shocked that she continued in porn because she said that like, so she was a cutter. So she had like cuts on her thighs and she was like a really tiny girl, but she had fat like cut into her thighs and stuff the word fat the word fat and so that was sad and so what facial abuse does is they take all your limits and what you say no to and purposely do not follow them and push your buttons on purpose so they kept calling her fat and calling her a cutter and she said as soon as they said action like they just started to beat the shit out of her and that it was so rough and so awful yeah it was just like not a good experience for her at all um but she did come back with twelve hundred dollars and i don't know but so i'm shocked she even continued in the journey of porn after making a video like that Mm -hmm. but she sure did and i do want to say with like rough porn like i like kink.com and that's what like and kink.com is really rough and um like ropes i guess i don't know like it could look it looks really degrading Mm -hmm. but what kink.com does in the industry more than anyone else is their limits are so strict they talk um before the scene of like what do you want what do you not want yeah the break when's your safe word safe word um they were the first company to distance themselves and stop working with james dean when those rape accusations came out because for them consent is so important because the porn is so rough yeah and so there is a way to make rough porn and rough fantasy porn um without with like respect to the actors yeah yeah and a lot of porn stars love going to kink.com because it's their fantasy like it's actually real and they're feeling Mm -hmm. it because a lot of times they have to act and it's angles and fake noises and all of that so a lot of porn stars enjoy going to a set like kink where they can kind of you know get fucked around with (laughs) um yeah so i'll tell you two things about her that aren't good she was a sociology major. It's not worth it, baby. You know Bell what I Knox? mean? Yeah. No. I'm a social. It's not worth it. It's not <laughs> worth doing. Po- I just, it's, I don't get it. I mean, I like my degree, but I don't, I didn't learn anything. <laughs> I no, I learned, you know, the environment fucks with people and how they are. But I, I just can't imagine going through such lengths to get a sociology degree. Yeah. And another upsetting part about Bell Knox is she was in the college Republicans club. No. Oh, yeah. She said she's more of a libertarian, but it's not the best. Nah, girl. So I um, had really a good time and I watched her. So she has a mini documentary series on YouTube called Becoming Bell Knox. And it's a five part, like five minute episode. So I watched her and she's funny. She was really funny. She goes, I don't know. Porn's fine. I just like I'm sick of washing cum out of my hair. And so that's fun. (laughs) (laughs) And she talks a lot about how being on a porn set was really empowering to her and she enjoyed it. And then all the YouTube comments are like the fuck you like you're so twisted like i feel sorry for you uh-huh. and a lot of people don't see how you can be empowered through fucking and she looks up to um sasha gray who's a really famous porn star who has a quote where it's like what might be degrading to you might be empowering to me and like we're all just yeah trying Everyone's to get off loving. on our best yeah but the one sad thing about bell knox is she was raped in a high school party oh um, and so it's a little bit maybe that's like how they pulled this a little bit yeah she said she was wasted. She passed out in like a side, you know, a bedroom of the party. And she woke up with someone raping her. And she said that not, like nothing ever came of it. And she goes, what's sad is those guys don't even think they did anything wrong. Like they don't realize that they raped me. Mm-hmm. And it just she's pissed about it because she's like, for me, it's going to last with me forever i think about all the time and it's like fucked with me so hard and yet they can just keep living yeah they're like they probably never think about it yeah and after the assault she did say that porn gave her back her agency yeah for sure but Um, when she was when this became like a huge media blitz she definitely was like harassed online and people were like calling for her to get raped and like awful awful like death threats and and she said she felt unsafe at duke too like duke was not a warm environment for her to be right i'm sure it just i i don't know it must suck to like walk around campus and people stare at you and yeah call scream awful things at you and stuff yeah it's just fucked up. And that's the thing that's crazy. It's like, okay, 
if you're against porn and you think it's awful and these women are, you know, victims of something, why be worse to them? Yeah. And what's interesting is all these people that are trying to get women out of porn and like don't think porn is good. It's like people don't hire porn stars. Teachers get fired if they have OnlyFans accounts, you know, like, yeah, that's what's so fucked up. It's like the people that are anti-porn want women to get out of porn. And yet, and then they have nowhere to turn nowhere. They no have one no wants options. to hire them. Yeah. No one wants to hire a porn star. So it's like, if you're so concerned about these women's well-being fight for the destigmatization of them yeah. so they can then work and have jobs everywhere. Oh, and so they can do porn in their 20s and 30s or whatever and then yeah. once they're in their 40s they can like transition to a different career like i mean that's the thing about the internet though is like nothing ever goes away and so it's people just people are weird. so judgmental about that kind of stuff and there's an article written by lorelei lee who's an amazing porn star and she's really smart and cool and in this article she talks about how like what's so frustrating is people think that you have that you were everyone is sexually abused in porn and she goes what's what's annoying about that is it's all or nothing she's like you have to be full sex positive or you're a victim and there's no in between and what's hard about that is most women are assaulted yeah and treated badly and especially like really beautiful like young girls get treated weird by old men and it's this thing yeah. she goes that's what's so frustrating it's like most women have been abused so it's like i have to hide this one abuse or if i did get abused it is the reason i do everything and right and if i'm not fully sex positive i'm a victim and she also talks about like how sex positive can we really be when i didn't have an economic choice right like how many what is what is freedom really when I was broke as fuck? I had no choice and I had to do porn to be able to live. Uh -huh. Is it actual freedom? Is, you know, there's just so much to it. I wonder what she was thinking, like going to a school. Cause like, there's one thing to do porn to live. There's another thing to do porn to go to like a very expensive private school. You know, like she obviously uh -huh. wanted that specific education because she earned it. That's a hard school to get into. And like she yeah. got in, she earned the right to go there. But then I'm sure like she must have thought this is going to follow me when I try to become a lawyer right well she was majoring in sociology and women's studies and i think she probably wrote about this all and she really i think she believes in the life she lives mm -hmm. you know what i mean i think she was like this should not make me less of a human to no you, no of course of course but i'm just like so i'm sure she did but i think maybe the law she wants to go into is like sex worker law or something yeah. more positive. I mean, I have an update or whatever, but, <laughs> but it's interesting. You say how hard it is to get into that school. Cause she was, she was a co-captain of the debate team in high school. She founded a charity that brought water filters to El Salvador. She was a food server at an old folks home and she got into Duke. And yet all we see her as, is so it's like, like that's a, a person star. who has probably done more for her community and for the world. than like, nine out of the 10 people that are writing like you should die you slut on her youtube page or whatever you know 100 percent. but because she was so popular i mean this was huge she was selling used underwear on the line she was traveling she was going <laughs> yeah. to the expos everything and she won best newcomer at the avn awards which is a huge deal or at expos at one of the porn awards maybe i should fact check that whatever guys um but she did win best newcomer expos expos and the thing that sucks is the she was booed when she won her award. Really? The porn stars were mad at her because she was this sensational, you know, like it's oh, they hate me at Khalifa too. There is this thing where like if you're a tried and true porn star that's been where it's like with comedy or anything, if like you're working hard for a decade or something and then some someone's like an yeah. Instagram comic that gets to like be. Yeah. Yeah. Or a 21 year old wonder kid who suddenly has an hour. You're like, yeah, what yeah. the fuck? Uh -huh. So it was kind of that vibe. But yeah. she had like a media blitz. There was interviews everywhere all the time. She was on The View and people were fucking rude. My favorite was, um, well, The View, Barbara Walters asked if she watches um, her porn alone or with her parents, which is the craziest question for mm. Barbara. Barbara Walters to ask everyone is like alone. She goes, oh, I don't think it's a weird question. It's like Barbara, that is crazy. No one watches their pornos with their. I mean, maybe. Uh, did you ever watch Girls Next Door? Yeah, the, uh, Playboy yeah. Show? I watched it. Like, I honestly would say I've maybe seen every single episode. Me too. I don't know why. I was so into that show. I have the Playboy where they were on the cover. <laughs> but do you remember Bridget did um, like practiced her burlesque cake dance, yeah. sexy thing in front of her stepdad? <laughs> yes. I yeah, I remember that. That's weird. <laughs> that was I also remember watching that show and telling my mom, like, if I could do this, I would do it. And she was horrified. But I was like, I like it. Um, Whoopi Goldberg was on her side at the view, but um oh. Jenny McCarthy was awful to her. But Whoopi was like, I understand. We don't need empowered. to be taking any advice from Jenny McCarthy. I blame her fully for anti-vax. Yeah. 
as she should be blamed. I um, don't think this would even be an issue if it wasn't for Jenny McCarthy. Yeah. But we don't have to talk about it. We can't that. get into that. We have um, that. That's but even involved. Dr. Drew, who was like sex positive, hello, sex doctor, yeah. help us, Love help line. us. He was quoted saying he would be chomping on a cyanide capsule if that was his daughter. And it's like even sex doctors were discussed. It's just like. Yeah. And everyone watches porn. Like it's so fucked up. If no one was watching porn and you hated on it, but it's like, it's just fucking disgusting i'll be honest with you i don't like almost ever watch porn but i have no problem with it like i not like this is like ever this is everyone should it's uh, not even problems or not but like i mentioned riley reed earlier and she has over a billion billion with a b hits on the internet wow why is she is not as rich as rihanna yeah why are they not getting residual like there's just so much and we let big business take advantage of them because we don't care about them. Yeah. And it's really well because up. sex is still taboo to a like the business world in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's taboo to me too. I could still be nice. I mean, it's <laughs> taboo for everyone. <laughs> like, but um, there was a giant Rolling Stone article and it was in 2014, a few weeks after the story broke. And my favorite thing, you know how magazines always tell you like if they're meeting someone, what they ordered at the restaurant and what they're drinking and wearing. Yeah. It's like my favorite part of magazine articles. She was eating mashed potatoes for breakfast. <laughs> so I stan her no matter what college Republican club she's in. <laughs> but yeah, it also, she said it took two months for people at school to notice. So she had two months, so two she months. had two months of just doing porn and nobody found out. And yeah. Then, and then she, um, her friend told like, was like, Hey, what is this? And she was like, please don't tell anyone. He's like, I would never, I'm your great friend. And then ran to the fraternity club immediately. Told everybody. And told everybody. Ugh. And they mentioned in the Rolling Stone article, like, and I said this up top, but if this wasn't Duke and you know, the rape case was around right. this time and all of that, would this even be a story? Cause you said there was um, a girl on the West coast who was like a college. Yeah. There's a girl named Tasha rain. I think that is who like came out a West coast of her. Yeah. And wasn't, but she they was mentioned like her in the SVU episode as well. Oh really? Yeah. And just for clarification, she won best female newcomer at the Fanny awards and was nominated for AVN and XBiz and an XBiz. She won marketing campaign of the year. I don't know what that means. Thank you for getting those details. Just want to be sh- every sure if everyone knows. No, I fucking love that because <laughs> it's my job to do research on the crimes. And I just went, I don't know where, but she won this. So <laughs> I'm glad that you came in with like the perfect information. That no I was problem, missing. girl. All right, guys, we're going to have an awesome guest that we're so psyched to talk to as soon yes. as we come back. Don't go anywhere. Okay, let's bring out our guest. He has 108 IMDb credits. That's Which is wild. <laughs> amazing. He's so great, you guys. Uh, he is a regular on The Rookie on ABC. He's been on the CBS's Wisdom of the Crowd, The Santa Clarita Diet. You've seen him in a ton of stuff, like Criminal Minds Narcos. He's literally very busy, booked and blessed. We're really excited to welcome the actor who played Judge Oscar Briggs. Please welcome Richard T. Jones. So let's start from all the way in the beginning. You've been doing this for so long. Your IMDb, very extensive. Um, how did you start acting? So I wanted to be a litigator, kind of like the show. But, you know, I like to party way too much. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, I took, a, I took a monologue class. And, you know, I talked a lot in the class, but I was, I was pretty good at saying these monologues. So the teacher said, hey, man, I'm doing this play. What do you know about theater? I said, nothing, man. I just, I really don't want to do it. And he's like, look, man, I would love for you to be in this play. And I was like, yeah, no thanks. And he was like, look, man, you talk a lot in my class. <laughs> and I said, huh? And he said, well, you could get a D or you can get a B. Oh, my God. And I said, are you blackmailing me? And he said, <laughs> I'll see you tonight. And that's how my and I couldn't afford another D. I was already on the dean's list for for flucking out. So it was like I was like because I party way too much in college. My my freshman semester, my first semester of my freshman year, I was like, and I had an academic scholarship, and I was on. So they were like, "Look, man, you know you got to get it. You got to get it together. Otherwise, we're going to kick you out of school." Cause you got an academic scholarship and paid you this money to come here to be. And I was like, you're right. You're right. You're right. And, um, 
you know, I got I lost my mind when I went to college. So wow, I can't believe so you got <laughs> you got blackmailed into a career in acting. That's pretty into wild. A career in acting after I did the play, after I understood that this was going to be my life because I literally had a epiphany on stage. You know, I saw my life before me and um and I knew I was created to do this. You know, like this was going to be my life path. And once I understood that, I kind of went to, I left Tuskegee, I went to Tuskegee, and I ended up going to the Academy of uh, Dramatic Arts. And I tell you, Did you, you know, hard I, there? I, I, I feel, t- <laughs> no, 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 no. Now I was serious <laughs> about like, I was like, look, I'm trying to get, this is what I'm going to do. You know, I, I kind of realized, I was like, oh, I don't want to be a lawyer. I want to play a lawyer. Yeah. Uh, because I got an interest in a law through watching TV and watching film. But it didn't, it didn't occur to me at the time, but I was like, oh, my whole interest was really watching actors play the role. But as I studied law and stuff, it was never like the film. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was quite boring. Well, hopefully playing a judge on SVU was anything but boring. Um, tell us about the set. How did you think it was? It was very cool. You know, when you go to a set that has been kind of, a machine for years and years, you always wonder what you're walking into. You know, is it going to be some type of feud on the set? If you're going to walk into, you know, just everybody, everybody's cool, but everybody's separate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or are you walking into like a family because mm. they've had so much time together? And the SUV was like a family instance, you know, so you walk in there and, you know, it, you know, they've been doing this. They were, I think it was, at least 15, if not 20, Yeah, you know, going in there. And I was like, oh, you know, so you, you kind of, you kind of go into a place kind of quiet because you don't know exactly what you're walking into, but I was well-received, you know, um, like I said, I got, I got a way of doing things. I like to have fun. So I like to be very relaxed. So what you didn't know is that under the robe, I had, <laughs> I had my shorts on. Yes. That was the next question. You know, we were wondering. <laughs> So under my robe, I would have my my basketball shorts on and some sneakers, I and then it. I would have my my tie. I remember Ice T came up to me and he was just like, "Now that's a baller." Said, that's what I'm talking about. That's how you, cause, you know, because they prepared my whole little suit, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm not wearing all that." They were like, "Why?" Well, I said, yeah. "I said why?" I said, "I got a robe on," and they and they couldn't deny it. I said, "Are you seeing my feet?" And they were like, "No." I said, "Okay, can I wear my shorts?" And they were like, uh, "I didn't think about it." Yeah, sure. Oh man, I'm gonna love rewatching that episode now. Yeah. Picturing you with basketball shorts on underneath that robe. <laughs> but we had a blast. I, you know, I, I spent a good a week there. You know, you get to fly to New York. New York's always a fun place to work, um, just because it, it's so alive and you feed off the energy. Of the, you know, I didn't understand New York until you start working there. You know, I've always yeah. liked New York, but you think, ah, I'm, I, you know, get there. You kind of like, okay, give me a week, I'm out. But when when you start when you work there, it's like it's so much energy. You can't help but to sit there and say, "Ah, okay." These streets are talking. <laughs> you know what I'm You just feel like so yeah. alive, so you feel creative. Were you a fan of SVU before you booked this? Let me tell you something. I liked SVU, but I had a big problem with Law and Order. Ooh, why? I was like, because let me tell you, because my family loves Law and Order. We watch it too much. <laughs> okay, and I play too many cops. And I know the law. You know, I know a little bit about the law. I don't know everything about the law, but I know enough to understand that. Sometimes in law and order, you know, you got Sam Watterson and you're sitting there and they have no evidence. They have no evidence. It's all (laughs) conjecture. It it points to this guy, but they have no solid evidence. Then they get the guy in the room with his lawyer. And Sam Watterson gets a confession out of this guy. (laughs) And they're like, what are you doing? Like, what? You know, it is like, and it, it happens too much for me. I was like, wait a minute. They got no, especially when they're, I hate to say it like this, when they're really rich. You know what I'm saying? They have all this money. They have the high-end lawyer. And the lawyer lets them give a, you know, I'm saying like, hold up. Really? He doesn't have to say a word. He can just walk out of there. It's definitely a fantasy for Well, because sure. even in SVU, the cops are breaking the law yeah. all the time. Oh, my goodness. You know what I'm saying? And they just like, ah, they just pull these confessions out of people. And I used to be like, man, this is ridiculous. I said, no good lawyer is going <laughs> to sit there and be like, when the guy's denying it the whole show, and then all of a sudden, Sam gets him the break. 
I'm going to send you to jail tomorrow. I'm like, you got no evidence. You got no evidence. You got no solid, concrete evidence on this guy. We're uh, we're obsessed with Mariska Hargitay. And so we always ask okay. if she is beautiful in person. Is she as kind and magnificent as <laughs> you saw her on set? She is, man. I tell you, she was amazing. Just lovely. Just a lovely person. You could tell she's a great mother. Yeah, she was just lovely, man. I mean, and, and you could tell the set is is dictated by her energy. Yeah. So she comes and everybody is just light. You know what I mean? She's the boss of that thing. So if anybody has any questions, no, she runs. The, you know what I'm saying? Everything moves off of her. That's awesome. And uh, people say, you know, um, a happy wife is a happy life. And I tell you, she must be the wife of this thing because everybody, she's happy, <laughs> they're happy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it just moves. And she's so gracious. I'm smiling so big right now. <laughs> everybody is very po- everybody's very positive about Marishka. It's it's very uh it's very lovely. No, she's love it's almost it's almost amazing to watch. It's just like, you know, cuz the actor, you know, she's been doing it so long that you sit there and say, "Ah, oh, you might get a little jaded or you might be running things a little wild." But no, she's just she's humble and kind and just sweet and um and everybody just loves her and everybody's talking about hey how you doing how the baby you know what I'm saying? it's just like yeah you know and then she then she does the business and then she goes home <laughs> you know so it's just like oh okay while we wrap up here is there anything that you have coming out soon this year or anything we should look out for you um in the theater no you know i'm on the show called the rookie so i always gotta pump my, my show because it's a fabulous show. Uh, it, it is a, it's a cop show. So it's a yes. L.A. street cop show with uh, Nathan Fillion and, and myself. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And a, a, host, a host of great actors. And you're talking about we have a blast. We actually are trying to put together the same dynamic that they have on SVU. Just because it's such a loving dynamic and it's something that can last for years, as you can tell. Yeah, season 22. You, you know what I'm saying? Come on now. That's yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it really is. So we, we just love the fact that, you know, we actually love one another. We actually have become a family. We actually care about each other's success and each other's uh, advancement just in life and personally and, and, and career-wise. But um, so ABC, The Rookie. I know it's not NBC, but it's ABC. Thrilling. I'm glad he wasn't wow. wearing anything under the robe. Like, I, well, he was wearing something. Yeah, but. he wasn't. He wasn't free balling, but he was, you know, in basketball shorts and doing what was comfortable for him. I also this um, is about me, not about our show. But I, um, I would get paid to be an actor in law schools, and I would play Wendy Marino, and I was like abused uh, at my job at the UPS or something, and oh, they would practice like on role me. play. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And I got paid so well. I was like my ex's dad was this amazing law professor, and so I would I would be like the defense would question me, the prosecution, and then I'd also have like meetings with my lawyers and be like, I want more money. You're not working hard enough, <laughs> and they would have to like deal with me. <laughs> And I think they, I think good lawyers came out of that. Your alter ego, Wendy Marino. I had no idea. I love that I keep learning things about you. Yeah, it was labor law. Um, <laughs> I don't know. But um, don't do porn if you don't want people to find out. That's what porn stars always say when they give advice. Oh, okay. They're like, someone will find it. Even if it is one video, you have a sure. different name. Like paywall, you, no paywall. They're going to find yes, it. Yes, you need to be understanding your family, everyone will see it. Even if you think you can keep it hidden, you cannot. And the other things porn stars always say before you get into porn is, um, this will affect you forever. This decision you make at 19 or 20 forever. Like you might not be able to get hired at other places. You might not be able to work with kids. You know, there is, Mm. it's all bullshit. Yeah. It's, you know, um, something you got to think about, but it is gonna follow you forever. So it's just, you know, you got to make sure that that you're okay with all of that before Mm -hmm. you get into it. So if you're thinking of getting into porn, I would say. Go ahead and don't visit facialabuse.com. No. Even just to see what we're talking about. Don't give them the clicks. Don't give them the clicks. It's just, it's not um, very good. Oh, I also want to say another lesson I learned is if um, someone's been ignoring you the whole semester and then out of the blue, once you put out a porn says, come out and hang out with me. It's a scam. (laughs) Like, but yeah. Or I keep thinking of Romy Michelle's high school reunion just with the magnets too. Like, 
when popular people suddenly are nice to a loser, do not trust Yeah, it's it. a trick. It's not a trick. The, they have not changed. Not, <laughs> not that Evie was a loser, but it's She like, was mousy. The mousy, mousy girl from Econ. Mousy. Yeah, um, don't let... Don't be a project for a popular kid if you're not popular because it's not going to end good ever. Yeah. And also parents of Evie Barnes. Ugh. If your kid's trying to support, like, you know, do something to support themselves through college, you don't have to be such a judgmental dick about it. Yeah. You're, you have children for them to become people. They're not going to be exactly what you want and how you want them. And your job is to love them no matter what. And if you can't love a porn star or a gay person or I don't know, someone with one arm, don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't have a kid. (laughs) If yeah, if if you can't love your kid fully, don't do it. Yeah. But I did watch that documentary. I remember I talked to you at f- Far From the Tree. It's on Hulu. It's about parents loving children that are different than what they imagined. Oh. So like uh, parents of an autistic child, um, a Down syndrome child. Oh. But one of the examples was their 16-year-old killed an 8-year-old. <gasps> And they went to the police precinct and they're like, no, it's a mistake. It's there's no fucking way my kid. What? Like what's going on? And then they said when they saw their son, they like knew that he did it. He can't explain it. He doesn't know why. And they love him. They can't stop loving him. And he's in life in prison and they visit him. They talk to him as a whole family. Mm. But their other two kids said that they didn't want to have children after seeing how this went. Because they're like, what if this happens again? Whatever. This is too deep into something. We don't know. But (laughs) it was, um, if you're in for a good cry, it's a documentary that made me think. Great. Good wreck. Yeah. Don't be mean to porn stars. Don't go to Hudson U. Don't go to Hudson U. Oh, and just don't be a Brock Turner looking douche. Is that <laughs> is that good advice? Like, don't trust anyone who looks like he could like anyone in boat shoes. Do not trust. <laughs> and then if anyone, well, we do have a friend who used to row, but rowing, yeah. lacrosse, any of those. I play lacrosse. Yeah, but boys lacrosse. The yeah. New England sports. If there's a boy playing New England sports, be careful. Be careful. Just keep an eye out. If the dad, yeah, if their family has money, don't trust. Don't try. And if <laughs> If the defense attorney has a southern drawl, you might lose. <laughs> you might lose. <laughs> if, yeah. If he sounds like Foghorn Leghorn, you might You're in not trouble. get your way. <laughs> okay. Now it is time for What Would Sister Peg Do? This is our weekly segment where we give you guys a resource or a charity or something you can donate to or a place you can go to learn more about the topic that was covered in today's episode. Obviously, Today, we talked about rape on campus, which is an epidemic. It's been going on since way before I was in college, but I remember things like this happening when I was in college and the insane way that some schools decide to deal with these cases. And it's really uh, something that needs to be stopped. So we are recommending everybody head to endrapeoncampus.org. E-R-O-C is the... Um, is the abbreviation. And I just actually really quickly clicked on their Twitter account and they are followed by the queen Mariska Hargitay. So I'd hop on to Twitter and also follow and rape on campus and um, check out their website and rape on Next week, we'll be covering the episode Lost Traveler. It's season 13, episode nine. And we always write this in our show notes and on Instagram every Thursday. So you know what to watch. I watch everything on Hulu. And if you have a free trial, try Peacock. They're on there as well. And please, you know, subscribe to the pod, rate, review. I'm a full-blown YouTube influencer now. And follow (laughs) us on Instagram. We do a lot of cool games and Uh, polls and I have a lot of fun on our Instagram. See you guys next week. Bye. That's Messed Up is an Exactly Right production. If you have compliments you'd like to give us or episodes you'd like us to cover, shoot us an email at thatsmessedupppod at gmail.com. Follow the podcast on Instagram at That's Messed Up Pod and on Twitter at Messed Up Pod. And follow us personally at Kara Clank and at Glitter Cheese. As always, please see our show notes for sources and more information. Thank you so much to our producer and fellow SVU superfan, Hannah Kyle Creighton. Thank you to our heroes, Stephen Ray Morris and Annalise Nelson, our engineers. To Henry Kapersky, musical extraordinaire for our theme song. 
to our artistic queen, Carly Jean Andrews, for all of our artwork. Thank you to our executive producers, Georgia Hardstart, Karen Kilgariff, Danielle Kramer, and everybody at Exactly Right Media. Listen, subscribe, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dun-dun! 